Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bandcast. This is Father Ken. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. We are here chatting about your favorite things, talking about how to make some money in MTG Finance and how to uh, be a good person while doing it. Appreciate that you're here. We've got just a few people in the chat right now, but we're hoping to add a few more as we go along. Uh, one of the things that I love to do is I love to talk about and with the people that are here in our chat. In fact, uh, Bacon, I, I know that uh, it's been a long week for you and a long weekend, uh, but welcome. So glad that you're here. How are things going for you? Uh, the worst thing is, is it's a Monday and I've actually just finished my week and weekend and now I'm about to start the new week and it's just ongoing. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. It never ends when you work weekends. Uh, Wolf, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing just dandy. Is there anything fun going on in New York? Um, I mean, broad scale, probably, but I'm a hermit. Uh, I did discover uh, a very nice park that I've been I've been running to, so that's been that's been a nice five mile run every day. That's uh, that's been keeping me active, so I've been enjoying that. Wait a minute. Um, Wait a minute. You ran to the park? Yeah. Five miles. Well, so it's a it's a one and a half mile run there, and then running around the park is another mile, and then it's another one point five home. So it's more like four miles, but it depends on if I get distracted at the park or if I take the dog and play fetch with them. Do you do it with the mask on? Uh, no. That's that's tough. I've seen some runners wearing masks and they're like Man, I don't know how you can do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's rough. Is somebody chasing you? No, no. Okay. Uh, please, everybody, note uh, uh, Chris has gone insane, and don't listen to anything that he says. I I used to do cross country in Texas, so this is this is just a nice. I, I hate my time now. I just do it for kicks and giggles. I'm just tired just hearing it. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, uh, welcome, Coda. How are you doing this evening? Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's a very um, summery time right now, uh, and it's just there's like a cold breeze, and everything is fantastic. I love that. Uh, fall is my favorite time of year, and it's great to have you here. Uh, I'm so glad that you are. Uh, doing well. My, my my coworkers actually said uh, since I came back here, uh, uh, my they see I'm in a much better headspace, and I retorted, uh, "Yeah, everybody who comes to Italy is in a better headspace." <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Just to be able to get away a little bit out of the craziness of uh, North yeah. America. Uh, Jim, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. I think since we last talked, I've uh, returned to the Great White North. Currently in a mandatory quarantine um, situation now, which kind of sucks because I can't leave the house to go buy groceries. But uh, at least I'm out of the uh, disease-ridden California, and uh, the fires that were going on there were pretty bad. It's gotten even worse since I left. But, uh, no, I'm good. Back, good to be home. Going through five months of mail. That was fun. Hmm. Finding all sorts of stuff <laughs> that I bought a long, long time ago and never had a chance to sell. But uh, yeah, 
good times here. That sounds pretty good to me. I'm uh, I myself am sitting on the third floor once again, looking out over my backyard, and the trees are turning and the apples are turning red, and it's absolutely gorgeous here. Um, it, we have the chance of snow this week. Uh, I don't know how how fast it's going to come, but uh, yes. And we know that Papa is pretty quiet, and the police are running past my house right now. I was about to say, it sounds like the soothing sounds of New York City, man. I didn't know you were here. Man, I'm telling you, it's right outside. Cops have um, all moved to the Midwest. Haven't you been paying attention to the news? <laughs> no. No, I have not. <laughs> so, Papa, we are going to ask you the next time that you speak, if you can hold that microphone really close. Um, some people are saying that they still can't hear you. Even oh, at Max how, about, how about this? Oh, that's an improvement. Alrighty then. Perfect. Ah. So welcome everybody. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. You know, one of the things that I absolutely love about our group is that we are actively talking with each other and I missed uh, the fact that we couldn't get together this past Thursday. So I'm glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, I think Monday's going to try to be our new day because uh, it seems to work out better for our schedules now. We're into fall and and things are looking better. What's your thoughts? Oh, I definitely prefer Mondays. Mondays just uh, just a lot easier. We're starting the week off on a high note. Let's put, let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, same here as well. Like it is actually my day off, even though I'm in a bad mood today. It is actually a better day for me. <laughs> they also still still seem the same to me. The days are running together, along with my words, but. Yeah, Monday's fine, just as good as any other day. Yeah, I I was uh, in that mood yesterday, Bacon. I uh, woke up uh, an hour and a half later than I should have on a Sunday morning, and everything was angry after that. And I, you know, you, you put on a, a good smile and you make sure that, that people know that they're cared in love for a church, but... After church, I, I sat up on my fourth floor and I, I put together nine buy lists to, to Card Kingdom. I kept finding cards <laughs> randomly in my house, and I'm just like, I don't need this. It is now gone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, mine, mine is more, I've, I've dealt with customer service agents for the last six days, and I think I am just kind of at my limit. I currently have 27 active email conversations between like 14 different companies and I'm yet to get a resolution for any of them and it's just driving me insane. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it happens. On the upside, you sound popular. I wish if I was popular, things would be working. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, one of the things that we like to do here is ask the $100 question. Where would you put $100 today in MTG Finance? And that could be U.S. dollars or euros because the euro is stronger right now. But uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, so at least on my end, um, something that I kind of forgot about. Um, Charlie actually sent me uh, a bunch of talisman of convictions which, uh, of course, I didn't open because I just assumed that I think I got like 120 or 140. I was like, they're all talismans. And I finally got to opening them the other day, and I discovered that he sent me some Urza Saga's explorations that were tucked in there and some 
particularly of note, some Nixbloom Ancients, the extended art foils, uh, which got me looking. And um, that's pretty much an easy double up from the EU to the United States right now. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's where I've actually put a little money into. And I mean, it just seems kind of like a slam dunk when they're selling for about $100 over here. They're selling for about 50 euros over there, even with the disparity between currencies still still pretty enticing to me. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've been trying to keep track of a little bit more because we're, we're almost at an 80% conversion right now. Every U.S. dollar is worth 80 cents in Europe, and it's, it's kind of confusing me. But even still, that seems like a pretty easy win. Uh, Coda, do you have anything that you've uh, looked at this past week or things that you would like to, to put a little bit of money into? Coda is on mute. He must be on a phone call. No, no, no I'm here. <laughs> uh, not quite. Uh, like um, a lot of the um, uh, my previous calls, like um, um, a, a, a lot of calls were a little hit uh, by the reprints in the command, the command decks, like uh, uh, Return of the Wild Speaker and Min and Ren. Uh, those were a couple of cards that I was um, piling up. And they will, I, I don't think they will be extremely hurt, but the, it will stun the growth. Um, we, we can go over that this later. Um, as of right now, um, I don't have a good uh, $100 question, uh, answer to the $100 question. My, That's... Yeah, like the, the set boosters that I was calling somewhat the last time, I don't know. They're in, they are strange still, and they can be found for a hundred dollars. I think anymore. Mm. Yeah, I I find that uh, I still find set boosters to be one of those things I want to get my hands on, and uh, I think I have one or two boxes coming at least. I just can't remember where I bought them from. I'm really hoping it's not from one of these stores that has given us grief over the past few weeks. Uh, actually i have an idea uh, i saw some movements on the <laughs> on the uh, playtest cards they've been strangely um, there have been some spikes on the cards uh, mostly because uh, tcg was running out uh, of them uh, and i i i i think i called them one of the, one of the earliest casts uh like a I can probably be more focused this time and say, oh, the the lens, the all the lens are, are were really interesting targets, and also the the the, the cars that produce the lens, uh, are, are, like all the I would I would probably say all the cube playable cards are are very interesting right now. Yeah, that is uh, something I'm looking at as well. I am just trying to catch up on this list and looking at the cube playable cards on the list is one of the things I enjoy doing things like brain freeze and, um, bug and, and things like that. But, uh, I'm just starting to wrap my mind around this list in at all. Um, Oh, well, I found Beck calls yesterday in my pile of stuff that I should have shipped. Um, and apparently they're on the list now. So, Another something that I find every single day. 
Cody, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. And Papa, uh, I, I know that you're kind of lurking in the background, trying to hide in your office, trying to get your house put together uh, and back in shape. But do you have anything that you would like to invest some money in? Any awesome looking boxes out there? No, no, I'm not looking at anything that's that's piquing my interest right now. I do have some, some set boosters from Zendikar on order that I felt are pretty solid around the hundred bucks. I don't think those are going to drop much below 95 to 90 at the most. I think they can't because of distributed pricing. So if you can find a box for a hundred bucks or round about that, I think it's a pretty solid investment. Um, I think we'll talk about more uh, in a few minutes about the list, but um, regardless of if it's a, if it's something people love or they hate, I think it will definitely drive at least the, uh, at least the purchases of, of the boxes. So I, I really don't see them dropping much below 100. I don't think it's like you're going to double your money in 12 months, but uh, if I had to throw 100 bucks into something, I would probably buy one of those. Um, if you want to get really speculative and you like jumping on this train of people being stupid and FOMO and buying out all sorts of old cards, um, <laughs> excuse me, um, I've been looking at a card recently picked up about 10 copies uh, called Bottle of Sulilim, Suliliman. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Anyways, it's an Bottle Arabian, of Arabian Nights uh, Uncommon, which is kind of like an Arabian Nights Rare. Uh, and it's extremely low. There's a low number of them out there. Um, people that need to finish sets and whatnot are going to have to buy one. And it's been sitting around the $20 mark for, for about three years now. Uh, hasn't really moved up much yet. And watching how some of the other Arabian Nights type of mediocre artifacts have been doing lately, um, I think the bottle is probably primed to, to double up in the next few months. Um, but again, I think it'll be based on FOMO rather than actual value. So if you uh, don't like investing in things based on speculation, then stay away from it. But if you're looking for something that people might decide is worth 40 bucks someday instead of 20 bucks um you could buy yourself a couple of those light play or near mint copies i wouldn't say buy moderate or damaged or hp copies because there's just too many uh of those floating around but the scarcity of the first expansion set my, uh, that uh, wizards ever had just drives the prices of the near mint copies sky high uh, to the collectors that want to get them so i would say if you want to throw your money away um <laughs> buy, buy a, a play set of bottles for around 20 bucks so you can get there well I uh I've been looking at a lot of old cards that came along in in stuff this past week and uh I thought I saw a bottle of Suleiman but it's it's not actually that but uh it looks very similar to that it was a jade tome and, uh, and that was a little bit different and I got a I got a sweet dime from it for our uh from from card kingdoms i was pretty happy i uh, mean a can... jam tone or a jade statue because a jam I... is, is different than yeah. a jade statue but probably a jade statue <laughs> whatever's cool, a whatever's a dime wasn't reprinted and re revised so if yeah. you can get that unlimited copy or alpha beta it's pretty cool yeah i think it's kind of interesting how how things just kind of 
change over time. And uh, the, the bottle was definitely on the newspaper. I've seen it a couple of times because I was working on on the newspaper. Yeah, that's what that's what prompted me to pick up, you know, yeah. a couple of copies a week or two ago. But I haven't seen it pop yet, so that's why I'm saying it's still it's still primed. But we'll see. See if people are, are crazy enough or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of fun for me to see. Um, I like to look at uh, all the individual cards and sets and look at their prices basically today versus yesterday, uh, and kind of sum that up and just see where uh, see which sets just overall are showing the most movement. Uh, and uh, I think I thought it was interesting. I don't know why, but Legions Legions has just like been number one for like the last forty five days. There's been a lot of movement in that, and then Rise of the Eldrazi onslaught. Dark Sench in the Dark, there's definitely been that smattering of like these, I think, random older sets that are moving, so definitely a trend that's currently happening. Yeah, and Pride's reminding me once again of the fact that uh, slivers are starting to move as well. I've, I've noticed kind of a slow uptick in the local area uh, of people asking for slivers again, and not everybody can afford to, to buy all the sliver lords, but they want them. And it's uh, kind of interesting to see what people will do around slivers, uh, especially uh, those judge promos. Uh, Bacon, is there anything that you'd like to, to share today? Is there anything that's been piquing your interest that you would uh, let us poke at? Um, a couple of things I just saw then while I've been listening to you guys. Uh, let's just start with um, a straight buy list opportunity or possible retail opportunity from EU to the US is uh, Corlash Air to Blackblade, the pre-release foils. Apparently, uh, Card Market has loads of these in the $1.40 to $1.60 each after conversion and shipping um, straight across the US. And buy lists are covered from $2 to $4, and so most retail options are starting in that $5. So you can just buy as many of those as you want. I think uh, one of the buy lists is actually paying $4 each on these at the moment. Just double check that. Yeah, Troll, uh, Troll and Toad is paying four fifty each on these, and they're only a dollar wow. forty in the EU. So there you go. That's some free money for anyone listening. Um, anyone who has a direct a TCG direct account, there is uh, there's two cards that are kind of, that that are from the list. I, I've been looking. We'll talk about this more in a minute, but then I've been looking a lot at the list foils. Uh, sorry, the, uh, the cards that are on the list, but they're original foil versions because there is no foil version coming out from the list. And whenever you get these cycles of cards that come back, it always seems to push the original printings. Like People think it's going to reduce the, the overall cost, but if anything, it causes other people to be more interested in buying it. So the, the card's price may go down slightly, but there's just more people actively wanting to buy the card. And uh, I noticed that um, Emiria the Sky Ruin is like $40 on TCG Direct, and, and that's for MP and LP copies. And in the EU, these are 8 to $10. Uh, there's not too many, though. There's only about, what, 16 copies there. Uh, and another similar one is uh, Food Chain, the Judge Foil, which mm-hmm. is around, around that $75 mark after conversion and shipping. Uh, and Direct is selling at 119 regular market 112 so there's gaps on all those, and they're just cards from the list. There's also another one like in Lazav, the Multifurious, and um, there's another Ravnica foil eye of something that I can't remember. Basically, you can just scroll through the list, um, keep an eye on all the foils, 
and just follow each one's value and just check all the local markets to find out is anything underpriced because there just seems to be discrepancies on all those cards. Sorry, I just want to interject there. You said food chain the judge foil, right? Yeah, judge foils. EU to US. I would I would advise people that are listening to not think that they can jump on the Arcadian Mass version because that's a card that's strictly a um, demand or a supply limited card and I, I think the food chain price will go down by twenty or thirty percent because of this list coming out. But the foil's good. Oh yeah, it's it's only the judge foil because it's the alternate printing as well. <laughs> oh. Uh, I still think it's yeah, just in general funny. Just I'm, I'm looking at my spreadsheets because that's what I live by. Live by um, <laughs> the best-selling mythic on TCG that's not in Zendikar Rising or in a Commander product is still Sword of Dungeons and Dragons, which kind of hints maybe skipping <laughs> way ahead here, but that set's going to do well. I mean, that alone has got this thing moving, which is comical. I guess it's so cheap, everyone can just like grab one for kicks and giggles, but that's been there for a while now. My goodness, just the hilarity in chat right now is is going deep. Uh, I want to thank everybody for jumping in on chat. If you have questions or things that you'd like to add in, you can add them into the chat right now. For those of you who are not uh, listening to this live, uh, you can message me or anybody on the uh, on the on the cast and be able to jump in and ask questions and and have things added to the chat for next week we are definitely hoping to do this every monday now and there goes the police again my goodness i think we missed a very important question ken uh, what are we drinking oh my goodness <laughs> that is very important uh i would like to point out that it is october fest season if you haven't realized that yet, uh, realize it right now. Uh, I am drinking a local brew from New Glarus called Staghorn. It is their Oktoberfest beer, and it is sitting right here next to me, and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, what, what's everybody else drinking tonight? I'd like to, uh, to share really quick. I'll just talk over, over Chris. Um, <laughs> I'd like to share that I've I've missed the Ontario craft beer for a while, and now that I'm back, I've been able to pick up some some Mad Tom IPA and some Bone Shaker, um, pretty good pretty good Ontario beers that you just can't get anywhere else. So I'm I'm happy about that. I mean, I've been drinking some Limoncello since we started the. <laughs> <laughs> Since we started the cast, uh, I don't know how we'll, how we'll get to the end. <laughs> Gotta slow down, man. It's too hardcore. Uh, I've been on a... I've been on... Uh, don't tell anyone. It's kind of embarrassing. I've been on a bourbon kick. So I'm, I'm getting away from scotch. So I've got the, the Woodford Reserve here, which is kind of just a solid cabinet pick for right now. But uh, nothing special, in my opinion. I I'm not the biggest fan of bourbons because I'm, I'm just very hoi polloi, but uh, fun to branch out and try some new stuff so every now and then. So here we are. Uh, I'm with you there. Southern comfort from here. Really? I thought that you were sticking with, uh, with bottles for right now. As in hmm? bottles of... I thought you were sticking with with feeding bottles for the baby. Oh, he's got to get the yeah. thing to go to sleep somehow, right? 
Yeah, bottle, bottles for the baby and bourbon for me, and then we both <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the old wives' tales I I heard about. Uh, you'd rub a little bit of bourbon on the on the child's gum to get them to go to sleep. Oh, it's it's dead serious. Like even my, my mum, she used to put whiskey on our dummies when we go to bed, and to just be off for the fairies for the night. <laughs> Everything about that sentence was very European. <laughs> it is it is and we do not uh we do not support the the intoxication of children or minors but <laughs> every now and then a kid's got to go to sleep <laughs> uh, all right that being said uh what what are we seeing uh it, it just seems really odd to me um you know across the across the board you know We've, we've got so many products coming out and all of a sudden we have this thing called the list and I wasn't listening to the, I wasn't listening to the, the live stream of it and I'm just starting to read this now. It is a, it is a list of 300 interesting cards from Magic Past. This is the list and it's causing headaches all across the board, right? I'm, I'm just absolutely astounded by what this is doing to MTG Finance. What are your thoughts on it, guys? I am ignoring the list. (laughs) The only thing that I care about is it is causing people to panic, which means there is market changes, and I'm just trying to follow those. But personally, I couldn't care less about the list. It strikes me again. It's like uh, we kind of saw something similar with like I, I I'll say like, but probably more in its own regard. But like it reminds me of mystery boosters. Everyone's gonna say that this is a reprint. It's not a reprint of any of these cards. There's so many. They're so sparsely opened. It's really not gonna affect the bright or the supply of the cards. It might affect the perception of them. Uh, and I wouldn't doubt that on like some of the higher ticket ones, it'll go down for whatever reason, just because I guess. But uh, I don't see anything that's really going to have a lasting impact. It seems like a really weird list, in my opinion, to try and drive sales for the set, which I don't think it really needed anyways. But I guess it's the callback to older Zendikar. But um, I don't know. It seemed, yeah, it just seemed very lukewarm. It doesn't really accomplish anything in terms of being sexy and, and driving people to buy more boxes. It, at least in my eyes, it doesn't seem to really put new supply out there it's just kind of a it feels like a last minute thing that they just like all right i guess the intern's got a list of cards in his deck and in his desk let's go with that but uh i don't know what do you guys think yeah i think i i, I agree with that uh overall analysis uh i, I don't know i, I don't know if, it's, if it was an intern like right? it was certainly something that was rushed uh like uh, uh, they're, they're in the stream, they also announced the, the time time spiral remastered, and uh, they announced the whole nice new frame and nice new new symbol, etc. And when they announced the list, they said, "Oh, this was the only way we could do it." it that, like you can't say those two things two weeks apart. They they, they are like an oxymoron. So the, I feel like the execution could have been better. Because they released the list uh, with the flashy GIF that uh, actually sent some people <laughs> nuts because they had psychovisual problems. Yeah. Uh, the, the the content was also very lukewarm. Like there are not some nice hits, uh, but 
there's a lot of chapter, and then there's also the rarity to be taken into account. It's really strange. I I agree that in the end it won't affect any price at all. I still think it will push the foils up just because more people will be um, not necessarily wanting to pick up the non-foils because of the whole reprint thing, but the fact that there is no additional foils. But just the um the the cards themselves, like they 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 tried to sell this to us as we're going to bring these three hundred cards into this slot, this ancillary slot, because we have no way to kind of bring them out any other way. And I don't know, like, if, if, a, if a company that's creating a draft set can't find a way to put a trusty machete into a draft format, I don't really know, <laughs> know what it is that they're trying to do. It, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I find it very confusing that this, this list includes all sorts of cards that really have no purpose except for draft situations. Like... The set is not supposed to be drafted, and the rare the the chance of getting one is so low. Why waste a spot on something nobody's going to want or play in any situation except for perhaps a random pick in the draft? Like, why print some like this stuff doesn't make any sense. Moon eating dog. As long as you control a Yangling planeswalker, moon eating dog is fine. I mean, who cares? Or a, a Trokin High Guard. That they were trying three, three with no abilities. Like, they're just stupid cards. That, I don't know. I think they, they wasted a lot of slots here because they artificially made a number of 300 they have to hit. It seems like a good 50 to 100 of these cards could have been cut and people would have been much happier because it's going to just cause somebody to feel bad when people open up. Yeah, like, the, the, I, I get what you mean. The uh, Flame of Keld, which is an uncommon from Dominaria, which was just draft chaff. Like, how, how does that get a spot in the list? Uh, and it's funny, too, because, I mean, so little is actually going to be opened and released. I mean, really all it does, and I wouldn't be surprised by this at all, is if it actually drives prices up on some of these because it's now drawing attention to it. We know that supply on Zendikar is going to be, like, cut in half. We, we just heard from distributors that are having a hard time getting it in hand, so... Everyone's going to be looking at these cards, so on the higher expensive ones, the ones that we actually do give a shit about. Um, like, <laughs> everyone's expecting supply to enter the market. We've seen this over the past six months again and again. I don't see this as being any different. So it's actually going to increase the cost of the cards that actually matter here. And then the other ones are just, first of all, why are they there? And now they're just like consigned to oblivion. Uh. Also, I wanted to just double check. Do we know that the, that all the cards in the list are going to be like a carbon copy of their original printing. So is it going to have any type of uh, watermark or any type of timestamp to show us that it is from the list? It's got the mystery booster stamp on the bottom of the list. Oh, it does? Okay. Which doesn't, like, there's some that even are worse because you've got Scourge of the Throne, right? You've got a foil copy from mystery boosters with the, with the stamp and then a non-foil copy from, from the list. With uh, with the stamp. So if it wasn't for the foilness, we would have no idea what it actually came from in the list. Which is really frustrating. They make it so identical to mystery booster cards. Rarity matter on either of them, though. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if it wasn't for the foiling, they're exactly the same. Yeah. So they're opening two different products. Wait, is <laughs> is there any single from mystery boosters that is also uh, on the list? That's kind of no. What I'm checking now no, 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 they're oh, not. Thank, thank God. Are you? Are you oh, <laughs> that, that would be really, really bad if that happened. 
he will really be really messy. At least for I mean I, I'm speaking for on the back end side of things. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't be much of a deal on the outside. <laughs> One of the things that I'm looking at the list is it seems to be uh, that a lot of these cards are are just kind of oddly placed. Um, you know, some of the weirdest sets are listed here, like Temporal Manipulation. The UMA printing is listed. And I'm like, all right, why is the UMA printing listed versus anything else? And, like, there's been so many printings of Tombstalker. Why Why the Future Sight one? And I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the different printings and i'm trying to wrap my head around why people are looking at these and then i'm starting to realize just a little bit that that these sets and and these different cards are all things that that people considered maybe uh to be really important uh to be important to to the history of magic to be important to offer a a unique play experience and i'm wondering if just across the board if if these are cards that that were really iconic or highlighted a really important um uh keyword ability in magic's history what what are your thoughts about that well if there is a theme across them it's that they're kind of uh, sought after a little bit um the most at least you know that the printings they chose were some of the more interesting printings, the cards themselves are not so sought after. Like, for example, I'm looking at Pouncing Shortshell, which came out in Ikoria, but they're printing the full border, the borderless version, I guess, the full art version, rather than the, uh, the lesser desired, you know, uncommon from Ikoria. So I think the only main thing that unites them all is that they're all kind of, in their own way, sought after. Um, by some group, uh, which doesn't actually apply to all of them because I think, like I said, there's a good 50 of them that nobody really wants or cares about, which is going to be really frustrating for people opening up and being lucky with a list card and then realizing that it's garbage and you don't want any of it. Um, that's the only time, the only factor I can see that ties it together. What do you guys think? I just don't understand why why they would uh, um, make finding the list uh, one out of four impossibility. Like, that feels really strange, like, to add the, the random chance to it, like... Yeah, it, it seems like if you're going to make it only a 25% hit rate, why not make all the cards good, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. If, if, you're, if you were going to put one in every single pack, sure, throw in some duds. Like, I understand. You want to have that luck factor. But it sucks that you beat the odds by getting one, and then you also also get a crappy one. It's like, why did you do this? It's almost like they have no idea what people want, or they want to throw in some ones that make people feel bad. Maybe they I just said it by Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I don't know if any of you were around with the original Zendikar. Was it Zendikar? No, World Wake, when they had the treasures. Like, that was... That was such Zendikar. an amazing time to be. Was it Zendikar or Worldwake? It was Zendikar, yeah. right? Zendikar. Yeah, like it was. Just, it, it was such an amazing time to just open boosters and just the chance of getting like 
a savannah and i remember back then I, one of my friends got a memory jar and and like it was incredible to see that get open back then and there was a few there was someone that did get the lotus and i think a picture was taken and i saw it on a forum somewhere but just having that massive lottery ticket was so was kind of so endearing and it just brought in so many people that wanted to kind of buy that product and i don't know like i think that they could have matched that this time around they, they could have done something on a much smaller scale like putting the the product wise in and just be at, like people want to buy lottery tickets i don't i just don't get why they decided to add essentially 200 cars that no one really gives a shit about and just add them as a once in every four packs or every three packs when they could have just done like maybe in a case you'll get one of these like red land like these jewel lands or maybe you'll get like a small chance of catching a piece of power i just i don't know why they didn't jump on that well they know this set's gonna sell well aquaria sold better than anything else core 21 sold pretty well so i mean the only thing that's really left is like they had extra stock in the warehouse and they're like we got to get this out of here we know this set's gonna sell really well let's just, that's what let's, it just feels like. it let's just get it out of here somebody will maybe kind of sort of enjoy it <laughs> It, the, the whole set seems feels like a lot uh, like Battle for Zendikar, where you have a lot, a couple of like a set of chase cars that drive the price down of everything else. But you know, I mean, if it means we don't have Oko for a few months, I mean, I'm not gonna like be really excited for Magic, but at least we can recognize that maybe they have a playtest team that's being paid for a reason now. Well, I'm just Am I being too hard? I I want to know what the playtest team is doing right now because, you know, you look at you look at things like Magic Arena and that needs to be fixed. So what is the playtest team doing remotely? Are they actually getting online and doing something? I, I'm I'm questioning because I just don't understand half the things that are going on with Magic right now, and that could be because I'm removed from it. But what are your thoughts? Speaking of Arena, have they actually been able to cover the finals yet? <laughs> Man, we can we can go into into things deep on that. Uh, I mean, I, I I'll have to admit I did enjoy the coverage uh, over the weekend just because of how poor the quality was and <laughs> things, things that kept dropping out. Like it, it's kind of like American politics. I've never been so engaged in watching something, not because I'm actually interested in what's going on. I just want to see how bad things get. <laughs> it's sad because it's true. <laughs> I know. And I, I lost, I completely lost it because I was watching it live when Seth Manfield had the uh, sexy singles in your area pop up. That that came on and I was just sitting on the couch just chilling and all of a sudden I saw that and I'm like, wait, that, that's not what I think it is, is it? And then everyone just kind of stopped. <laughs> oh my God. It's just, you can't write that stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's great. For all the wrong reasons, but in, I mean, on the upside, you know, let's not all be Debbie Downers on them this week. You know, they they tried, so you know, Watsi, they're doing things correctly on a digital platform. If if MTG Online has taught us anything, has always been a challenge. Um, so I mean, I do think at least Arena itself is still pretty good, even if they are having trouble for whatever reason and airing it i mean at least it's still working pretty well and that's still pretty fun so i'll give them I props mean, there like even outside of airing it um 
that I don't I can't remember who it was, but one of the top eight competitors, he may even be the guy that got second. He um he made a big Twitter post about how disappointed he was with the entire experience and how sour he felt towards um, everything that happened across the, the four days, even though he literally he either made the final or he was in the top four. I can't remember who it was. That's good. That's always what you want to happen. That's rough. That's rough. Oh, well. Sorry, I just got a... Uh... Sorry, I, I was responding to somebody who was asking me a question uh, directly. And so we're going to have a couple of questions popping up on the Discord chat channel. Um, but we'll just keep an eye on that. One of the things that is is baffling me as well is, this, uh, is when we hope to get back together. Um, I've, I've been talking with the judge program and I've been concerned about when we're gathering. In fact, I did a... Uh, I did a judge conference on uh, working with stores and also uh, planning out how to uh, how to reintegrate back into stores. And uh, one of the things that popped up this past week was that we are uh, in store play is banned for another month. Um, I really think that we are looking at a several month process in order to get live in store play again, and so. As Jim Morbid says, uh, paper magic is EDH magic. Um, digital definitely is all the historic, you know, games that we're playing, and digital speaking is Magic: The Gathering Online, and and that's really driving a lot of the changes in the in the historic formats. But even more so, standard's been dead for three months. Like I shut off Arena last week, and I'm not regretting it. Um, I hit my level 90 and walked away and there's nothing that I want to play. In fact, this new set doesn't even make me want to return right now. Um, but that being said, there's a lot going on, uh, that is driving finance in the community and, and not having in-person play. Um, oh my goodness. One V one draft for hundos. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I just, Going on the topic of like magic's magic's place in that kind of e-gaming world, I just don't think people are really interested in it right now. Like, I mean, I, I love playing the game, but I will go and jump on Fall Guys or Among Us and just play any other like fun game. Especially at this time, like whenever I try and get onto Arena, it feels like it's such a grind, and I'm just I'll, I'll do it, and then I'm just not happy, and I'll just go and find something that's gonna make me make me happy. Yeah, half my arena games, I just want to, like, give up after turn three. I'm like, oh, this is crap. Forget it. I don't even want to play. <laughs> like, it's not even when you're losing. It's also, like, ugh, this thing again? Like, all right, I'll just grind through this. And, and it just there's lost all its uh, appeal. Uh, I think it's just it's dating itself now that it's been, like, the main way to play magic for so long. It's lost um, its moxie. Yeah. I also think that, I mean, maybe this is just my personal experience, but this last spoiler season was probably the most lackluster one that I've seen all year long. Like, 
I didn't pay much attention. I saw some stuff pop up. Maybe it was just my own situation, but I really didn't care about what's going on with the new Zendikar card. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know if more people are like that or if that's just my own sentiment. But no, I'm I'm awesome. the same. So I didn't. Yeah, I, I'm dead the same. I didn't watch really anything except for that massive, uh, what that 10, 15 minute video where they just told us everything for the next 18 months. But outside of that, I watched nothing. Like I feel bad because we're really hammering at home, and I want to fight back for Magic here, but I've been doing a lot more stuff in Pokemon than I have Magic now because the content around Pokemon is just so much more entertaining and so much more exciting to me right now than even Magic is, which is weird because usually, like, I don't play myself, but I enjoy watching good play, but I, I don't know, nothing really seems enticing to watch right now, but I guess that kind of hammers back. I mean, I still watch the game night, so the EDH is still driving the bus. Nothing's changed for them, so that is that is what it is. So, and then we've seen, the, and I'm thinking specifically of Card Kingdom here, but um, a lot of these vendors, and I, I believe MTG Hot Deals, aka Bash in the Lot, um, they've really been loading up on like the modern and the legacy staples, because whenever play does come back, they, they know that or they're at least expecting that the, that price premium will come back on those cards. Um, and if you've got the, the money to, to hold through the, that time zone, you know, God bless you, good luck with that risk. But just in the meantime, at least from like a spectator angle, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to be till you get out of that. I mean, uh, thinking about like my own professional life, I mean, April is as soon as we're even going to begin to discuss getting back into it. I mean, we're in Manhattan, so we've got higher risk, but I would assume uh, given the way, uh, given Watsi's stances on pretty much everything and knowing how much they will be burnt to the ground if they in any way, shape or form try to go faster than a turtle's pace on reopening things, um, I would expect another like six, eight months minimum of just kind of slowed down um, activity, at least in terms of the uh, the format or the the tournament staple formats that we've seen in the past. I'm just I'm thinking about how things are going to start up and talking with a couple of the local pros. Um, they've they've looked at things and and they're just saying. November, December is not the time to restart magic because it's predominantly the lowest attendance of all of our, all of our events. We're looking at really at January as, as being the potential starting point for the next, uh, the, the next level of, of standard. Uh, and so we're looking at a whole nother set that's coming, that's coming out in the next few weeks. It's, this is, this is a, a very, very, interesting uh point in magic history um where do we go from here as far as finance how does how does all of this inform our our finance mind i mean we can be finance mind but we don't have a crystal ball we can roughly ride the you know the the waves you just follow where the sales data is. I mean, people are still buying magic cards to some degree. It's just clearly not, um, it's clearly not in the same areas that it, it traditionally has been. I mean, we were talking earlier. I mean, I'm seeing like legends and Arabian nights card movement, like the stock movement, 
like at the top of the newspaper recently, which is like unheard of. I mean, we have standard sets that are selling, which means these older sets are selling faster than cards currently in standard off TCG. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you a message right there, that's that's kind of um, that's a little scary in terms of like stock changes. Now, I mean. And what that tells me, at least from a finance angle, is that speculators are more driving the boat right now than actual players and, and the, the regular consumer base. And uh, I don't think anybody in here really needs an economics lesson about how it's bad when speculators drive the market more than players. Um, but I mean, I think for the foreseeable future, you're going to have to be very aware um, that a lot of people who either don't realize how obvious it is, I mean, it is. Uh, or they they really think that um, or they're really trying to play the market like like the way they would have done 12 months ago. You just can't do that anymore. Um, EDH is like the bastion because it hasn't changed by and large. I mean, it's gotten uh, a stronger demand profile from the consumers who were playing those tournament formats that now can't. So it initially had that boost. It might still have that boost. And Really what that's going to do is that's going to drive the prices of those older cards because everyone's going to have that EDH deck now and it's unclear whether they're going to liquidate it. Um, but in terms of like the here and now, I mean, the the global markets are still what they are, especially with the um, shut off shipping lanes. I think Japan still won't ship to the United States, which is like, I really want that to, to begin or to resume as soon as possible because that would be really handy. Um, but just, I mean, in general, I mean, the global markets, uh, the opportunities there are the same as they've ever been. The North American market, uh, I think the strength, the spending power is still there. It's just been kind of snow globed a little bit and it's, it's sitting in different areas. Um, so, I mean, you really got to, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say you've got to bob and weave, but you've really got to pay attention to the correct metrics. Um, so, and th that's my two cents. I think this goes back to the fact that we have tools available and we have things that that drive our ability to understand the market even better uh, by all of the with all of the things that are are really just riding a a roller coaster right now and i I find that very encouraging something that's uh, very helpful to me to be able to have tools and look at them when you have time and uh, being able to jump on some of the videos and and take a look at the newspaper is one of those things that uh, is, is readily available to all of us. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking at things right now as far as well, where we go next. And I know we're really coming up to, to the end of the, uh, to the end of the, the cast. Uh, we're, we're nearing that hour mark and I want to thank everybody for joining us, but is there any questions that we have that, uh, haven't been asked yet or things that you would like to add in? I'm, uh, I'm just looking at the the chat right now and, and checking in on some things. I just want but, to mention that, uh, uh, like we've seen these um, uh, reserve list card spikes, etc. Like we've seen we've seen them already, and that happened when I think Wizard introduced uh, uh, the masterpieces into the thunder sets, and so uh, like lately Wizard introduced uh, the I don't know the VIP. Uh, uh, booster cards that like they are basically printing hundred dollars card and artificially raising the price because of the scarcity, right? Uh, when you have that situation, I feel like it's like you can't have a mana crypt for a hundred and fifty dollars and a taiga or 
uh, Savannah for the same price. Like those two can't coexist in the same market. So there is there's going to be some price adjustment towards that direction. And given that the new card will get more and more supply, the old card does get uh, higher in price. Mm. So that, that's also one of the things that scares me of the new premium shiny products. Like rather than reducing the price of standard plays, it's increasing the, the price of older sets. Yeah, and I yeah. think there's... Go ahead, Papa. I was going to say, just just to your point there, I think Monocrypt is one of those cards that I personally would not pay more than 50 bucks for. But I think it's a it's a future $50 card. But that's just my own personal belief. It's the new Tarmogoyf. Exactly. Well, uh, one of the one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask is: there anything else uh, that we needed to touch on, Coda, or are we are we uh, waiting? Um, no, we can. And briefly mention that uh, uh, tomorrow there is going to be a very big. Uh, uh, change in on the website. Um, not only Minato Market will come back, uh, but uh, th there has been um, a, a, um, two two big uh, innovations. Uh, the first one is that uh, uh, Wolf and I have been finally able to move uh, the newspaper to the website, and we, you will be able to access it uh, and have like a nice preview card. Uh, and if, if you click on on the card itself, you will go and be able to search for the card. And I thought it was really neat. And, and the the second one is that the uh, the the whole database has been changed to use the MTGJ05 uh, hashes. Uh, that that means that uh, um, when you do when you when we do comparisons, we, we can uh, universally match. Uh, data from even more uh, stores and that will help us not only add new uh, features like add new data points but also release new features like you will be able to find whenever you search a card if the card appears on mtg stocks you will be able to notice that now i have a question about that when you said if it appears on mtg stocks you mean if it appears with the five percent or greater change in price, yeah. Okay, because those filters can be changed on two D stocks, right? Yeah, yeah. This uh, this uh, uh, this integration is mainly saying this card appears on MTG stocks, and then it's you can click on it and go search for it. One of the things that. Uh, that has been asked of me is because of uh, what Card Kingdom has done with uh, lumping the list with mystery boosters. Um, we have been reaching out to Card Kingdom specifically to ask them to fix that, uh, really because it it really forces us to to create a new uh, a new slot in MTG JSON, right? Um, well, yes, it's. it's... <laughs> It's it's the op it's the opposite. There are two slots uh, in MTG JSON, and they are easier to match because there are two different sets. It's it's harder when you have like a glump of cards, and you have to add the rules to tear them apart. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, set numbers are going to be a mess. But, you know, um, on the other side, though, with, with Card Kingdom, um, I'm hoping here um, it's not going to be today, um, but to get conditioned. Uh, basically, Card Kingdom obviously offers their buy list based on condition, uh, so I'm hoping to begin to include that um, and probably include some kind of inventory breakdown, too, based off of the condition that they have. Uh, and how many they're willing to accept of each condition, so that that has me excited. But that's something that was that, that's a shiny new toy that was dropped in my lap tonight that I'm very excited about. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We we're adding Car Kingdom per condition pricing as well. That's right. I for, I forgot everything. That was else. the thing that got me most excited, man. We were talking like 40 <laughs> minutes before this. Oh, I have something <laughs> else to show you then. <laughs> there is more. Oh, uh, there's always more. <laughs> I, I suppose I have a few things, even though they're not really rolled out yet, but I can probably say what they're going to be within reason. He does. Well, I mean, there's a few things. Like, uh, Charlie has created officially the uh, banned Twitter account, uh, so he's controlling that. And I think he's following everyone that uh, follows him, or he's trying to tweet out as much as he can on that. So he's managing that one. Um, I'm managing the MTG Finance uh, Twitter account. Uh, it's it's from that Facebook group. It's got about 4,000 uh, users on it, so I'm helping manage that one. Um, what else is different? Uh, there's two new groups coming in the... Uh, sorry, two two new channels. What, what, are, what are they? Tears. Uh, categories, categories. There, there, there's two new categories coming. Uh, one is the uh, Poke Mart or Poke Mart or whatever you want to call it, because there is just so much hype and demand for that right now. So we're going to kind of expand on our little Pokemon Arbitrage channel and turn it into an actual uh, group with multiple channels under it. Um, I don't really know how that's going to go yet, but it's going to be made in the next two days, so it'll be active. And what's the other one? Oh, and Charlie's getting an auction house. So we're going to separate peer-to-peer uh, and create an actual auction house so he can run auctions in his own little channel while it's not going to kind of interact with anything else that we have. Um, the last announcement I suppose I have is tears, which is a very sensitive topic that I'm not going to go too far into. But uh, f- feedback has been given. And we do, uh, we are looking at going to five to six different types of tiers for different types of uh, accessibility. But the important thing to know is that uh, none of the lower tiers are going to change. So we're still keeping the two. We're still keeping the five. Uh, there's going to be a, a $10 option, which gets a few bits of swag and some day zero tools. Uh, and then there'll be a few additional ones outside of that. But it's nothing is set in stone yet. Um, yeah, that's about it. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day on a Monday to join us as we discuss MTG finance and all band related topics. Uh, welcome to the, we want to thank you for joining us here at the bandwidth. It is a fantastic time to be in MTG finance because we're forced to examine and look at all of the different things happening across the spectrum of magic and Pokemon. Now, uh, 
to be able to to do what we love and that is to play this game of magic or at least make money at uh trying to move some cards uh so thank you once again for joining us uh, i'm going to open up the discussion uh here in just a moment and uh you can ask your questions and join us in and in fact i'm going to unmute alex alien as well so uh thanks so much for joining us have a good night mm -hmm. 